Holy Ghost, by the power of the gospel, we refute the power of the devil. And we ask God for the mercy of the Holy Ghost in this situation. God reigns sovereign. Authority of God be manifested. The chosen will of God since the foundation of the planet be done for this pastor and his family in South Carolina. In Jesus' name. The blood of Jesus intervene. Great Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Holy Ghost. Thank y'all very much. If y'all will be seated and get your Bibles. Uh, another thing we're going to do is uh, my boy is going to come over here and uh, share for a few minutes. He's a pretty good preacher. He, Jesus is on him. I don't know what he's going to do, but I'm gonna, it's all right with me. Come ahead, Brother Jody. Good evening. Also, I'd like to tell y'all thank you for inviting us here. And that room y'all provided for us is really nice over there. This is a really pretty part of the world and we're usually glad when we can see some pretty mountains especially the ones you don't have to hike <laughs> we have to hike a lot in the mountains and they're very beautiful where we work but sometimes you don't see the beauty when you're sweating up one of those hills but uh like he said i've been with him since he went down there i've been privileged to be there since the beginning and i've been working full time down there for seven years now this month and I just consider it an honor to work for Jesus. There's nobody better that you can work for. There's a lot of things and a lot of jobs in this world. The best one is working for Jesus. Because you get to help people in a real way. It's not some way that, you know, is just a temporary fix. It's something that lasts forever. We don't get to see the fruit of it all right now and you get frustrated sometimes. When you get to heaven, God's going to have these books. He's going to open them up and say, look what, look what happened here because you obeyed me. I wanted to share a testimony, something that happened that I was there that I didn't even know what was happening while it was happening. We drove out to this village. This pastor, he's one of our main directors. I'm blessed to be able to work with him. I showed up at his house, and the custom down there, if you show up at their house for service, they're going to feed you. And so we went in there. They got time to eat, and he went in there to feed us. I ate this food. It was good. It was black beans and rice. And They eat with tortillas. They don't eat with forks and spoons. They use the tortillas to scoop it up. It's good. And then he had a plate full of enchiladas there, really hot. So we ate, and I thought it was wonderful. Rest, I brought about 50 people with me in my truck. We have these big old trucks. And so they, you know, about 10 people at a time, he's just feeding everybody because he just wanted to bless everybody. So we have church. Somebody got saved, and I went to the house, and I didn't think nothing else about it. I go back out there the next day. We're going to a different village. But he goes with me just about every day. I went to pick him up. He says, look, something good happened yesterday. I said, what? He said, well had to do with the food. I said, food was good. 
He said, no, I know the food was good. He said, that ain't the problem. problem is, I was expecting you to bring ten people with you. Thank you, Jesus. He said, and I didn't have a piece of kernel corn in the house left. He said, that was all I had. They cooked up a pot of beans, about two quarts of beans, about that much rice, about that much coffee, and then just this little stack of tortillas and that plate full of enchiladas was all they had in the house. And when I got done eating, there was about 10 or 12 of us at the table. When we got done eating, when we'd put a dent in that food, the next people come in there, his daughter, his daughter calls him in the kitchen. said, look, we don't have no more food. He said, look, you just feed these people until we run out and we'll let, we'll let God do the handle the rest. He said, hopefully they won't get offended if it runs out. She said, no, go ask Brother Jody to go, go give you a little money. You know he'll give you some. He said, no, I'm not going to bother him. At the time, I did have enough money to cover the meal for the people. But he said, no, we're not going to worry about that. We're just going to trust Jesus. She says, come on, Dad, we've got to do something else. She said, no, we're not. You feed them people until the food runs out. She said, all right, fine. You're the boss here. So the next group of people come in. She serves up all them plates. She serves up all them rice and beans and more coffee in every one of them cups. She puts the rest of the tortillas out there. The enchiladas are still on there. So she's like, all right, that's it. It's going to run out now. 10, 20, 65 people ate. Yes, sir. Sometimes you read in the Bible... The story is when the manna came down from heaven and when Elijah lived with that widow and her boy for a while and when Jesus fed the 5,000 and we just kind of read over it. Because you know that it's just, that don't happen every day. And I admit it doesn't. But I didn't even know when it did happen. God doesn't create bolts of lightning every time He wants to bless you. So when you have a need, you just look to Jesus. Because a good part of the story is when they got done... They still had the same amount of food they started with. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. The coffee pot was full. The bean pot was full. The rice was still full. So his family got to eat after we all left that evening. God is good. If you've got a need, if you need something from Jesus, and verses in there where it says that He'll supply your needs, they mean something. It's just not a book you read that's like any other book in the library. This book here is the only one that's got power in it. When you read it and you believe it, things will happen for you. If you don't believe it, that's your business. But you're losing out. But I've seen it. I ate the food and I know how poor the man is. Sometimes we feel bad eating their food. But man, you don't want to stop God from blessing them. So when they put it in front of us, we eat it. And we watch God multiply that food several times now. Thank you, Jesus. So if you've got a need tonight, you come up here when it's time to come up here, and you believe God. Because like I said, I didn't even know it. I don't know what your problem is, but God does. God knows your problem, and He's going to fix it in Jesus' name. I don't know what y'all do with y'all's kids, but I know how I train mine. <laughs>
So that's what I believe. And so do they. Because it's right. I just believe it. That's why. Jesus' name. Hold on just a minute. I've got to write something down. Y'all can be turning over to Acts chapter 2 if you don't mind. Anybody tell me what happened in Acts chapter 2? Jesus. Got to add some more hand scratches to my thing. Got about four different colors of ink on that thing now. I guess that'll, we can live with that. So what did we learn last night? Anybody know? Devil's defeated. What's the next thing we learned? Be possessed by the Holy Ghost. What else we learn? What did we learn out of Acts chapter 1 and verse 7, 8? You shall receive power. What else are you going to receive? Ability. What else? Efficiency. What else? Might. Somebody was paying attention. I'm happy now. All right. The Holy Ghost came. This is what we're fixing to do. Acts chapter 2. I don't know how far we're going to get. Probably not very far because I feel already like stopping and praying. Because a uh, while ago, the Holy Ghost came over and got me and my, I'm on fire. I'm burning. And I, and I want to I wanna help people. And so that's what we're fixing to do in a minute. But probably if I want to do it, I want to talk to you some. I've got to encourage you a little bit. There's, I don't know. There's too much to talk about on this paper. Uh, there's just so much, so many things that are spectacular that God is doing that I want to share some of it with you. Look, look here on uh, on on uh, in Acts chapter two and verse one. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were assembled together. That's what we are. We're assembled together. We're in one place. Look at verse two. The second word there. What what does that second word say? Suddenly. Suddenly. See, you, we want to program everything, y'all. We want to know it in advance. It's just not God's way. You have King David and King Saul and Elijah, Samuel, Moses, all them guys. They all had to wait on the mulberry tree until God decided to do something. Sometimes you have to sit down and wait until the rat rustling in the tree happens. But you got to do it at God's time. Because he, he wants to come on us suddenly. He wants to change the situation around us. But we, we want to sort it out. We want to figure it out. God wants to fix it. We got to let him fix it. You know, everybody's got their opinion. I, I appreciate everybody's opinion. But I don't mean I have to like it. But I like the one that works. Right now, Pastor and the elders here have given me a chance to state my opinion. And it's going to be God's. And it says right here, suddenly there came a sound. The Holy Ghost has come on us now three times since 1995 with this thing called Shekinah Presence. We've had that interrupt our lives three times, visibly, different color every time. Gray, blue, and gold. It's amazing how many times he wants to fill you up with his spirit. 
It's amazing how many times He wants to fill your cup up. And, you know, and I'm full. I run on full. I'm telling you, I got abundant life. I got enough. But the amazing thing is I keep bumping into more and bigger cups. It's just amazing what He wants to do with us. The demon always messes with us, try to rip us off and scare us and make us afraid and then give, give his opinion and make us want to respond to it. I ain't, I'm, not, I'm not interested. <laughs> I'm interested in that suddenly, the sound of heaven, like the rushing of a violent tempest blast. It filled the whole house where they were sitting. I, I'm not kidding you. There was uh, here the other day we was at this conference on the side of a mountain and I'm not kidding you, if you made the wrong step, you'd be down the river down there about a few hundred feet. And, and we was there, and the Holy Ghost just came on us. I knew he was going to come, but, but then you don't know how and when. Because when we get together anymore, we pretty, much, we pretty much understand he'll be there. He'll be there directly. So you get up there, you don't sing like y'all just sang, you don't pray like y'all all pray, because if you do any of that, he comes and takes over everything. We've changed the format around. We preach first. We sit over in a pile, all us preachers do, and we try to figure out who's going to go up there, who's got the guts to get up there first. We never make it past one. It's really funny. It's, it's really funny. I enjoy it because I, 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 God bless me to be able to be the leader over these fellows. So when somebody tells me, no, you got to get up there, I look at him in the face all along, since you said that, you're going first. <laughs> and I throw him up there, you know, just to kind of see what the line, what the Holy Ghost, what the power, what the name of Jesus, what's going to happen to him, just to watch. I stand over here at the corner waiting, because I know something's going to happen to him. I want to be where I can run, but you never do get very far, it don't matter if you run or not. <laughs> Our church is a little different y'all. The sinners that come get knocked out usually first. The religious devils that show up that think they know and understand God, he usually takes him and picks him up and spins him around like a top and makes a fool out of him. <laughs> Best thing to do is act like you ain't religious around us. <laughs> That's the best thing to do. Because you're drawing attention. Being a religious demon is just like painting a target on your chest. Because you're going to get hit. And it won't be by us. At least act like you're one of us. You might have a few more seconds of demonic control of religion. But he runs through us, I'll tell you, in our services, the house, the people around, and the, the neighbors around. They get, there's no mercy. God just don't, he, I mean, he acts like, God acts like, I mean, he acts like he owns this planet or something. I mean, he, he honestly acts like he thinks he owns the church. I mean, he just amazes you. See, to date, men still run the church in this country. But he's in the, God's taking over. Yeah. There he is. 
Man, that great film people now use these kind of statements. It just, oh, stirs them right on up. That's all right with me. I'm already stirred up myself. <laughs> Let me just tell you why I don't care what you think. I just absolutely don't care. You can look at me with them brazen ideas and them facing them eyeballs. You Americans ain't never been whooped at nothing. You know, I don't care. You can't do nothing. You can talk. You can shout. Every now and then you get a drop in here and there. You got to be more consistent than that. You got to raise up. You got to rise up. You got to be who God's called this nation to be. If you're going to provide for this world, you've got to do it through the Holy Ghost power. It's not through money. It's through the name and blood of Jesus. You understand me? And you've got to have the guts to do it. Because see, suddenly he's going to come on you. And his tongues resembling fire are going to fall on you. I'm telling you, he's taking us over. He shook us up from the side of that mountain so much, I didn't even know where I was at, personally. Prophesying, I looked around me, and there's all kinds of people prophesying. I didn't, I didn't even know who some of the people was in this prophesying. I mean, it was, it was a fascinating scene there at, uh, at, that, at that thing. It was a suddenly thing. We do all we can to prepare for him, but we're never ready. We give him up. We give ourselves over to him. We want him to be in charge. It doesn't matter how long he serves his last. Sometimes 24, 48 hours. Sometimes seventy-two. I just wonder if God came in the house and really shook this place. How many people would be left in a minute if he wanted to stay a while? I just wonder. Well, I'm going to go ahead with this, I guess. Uh, jump over to verse 14. Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said to them, You men of, it, of Judea, all of you that are Jerusalem, be this known and hearken to my words. I'm going to tell you right now, I want you to hearken to me. I don't consider me to be an apostle, a prophet, nothing. I just consider to be somebody that Jesus is using because I've got the courage to talk. I'm not afraid. I've been shot, shot at hundreds of times, beat up, stoned, left in a river for dead many times, bleed everywhere. I've got, I got blood on land all over the place. This can't shut up, you see. And I ain't going to here. See, what we do is we go places where Jesus is not named. We go places where Jesus needs to be preached. And we went in this village, you see. And they promised us if we go in this particular valley, they're going to kill us. And they've done, they, they do that. They kill Christians there where we live. Y'all don't know anything about it. Y'all ain't interested. Y'all want to know the price of the next fad that comes out. Next tennis shoe or t-shirt. 
You want the next cliche put on the bumper sticker so you stick it on your car so you look like you in vogue. You in. Like you know what you're doing. You know what you're doing when you're casting out devils, healing the sick and raising the dead. You know what you're doing when you get your neighbors born again. You know what you're doing when you're obedient to the Holy Ghost, period. Then you know what you're doing. See, I'm all worked up over here. It didn't take long. Because I'm burning, I'm on fire, and it don't take me long to light up, boy. It just don't. See, you're in the right place to talk. See, I got you last night. <laughs> Y'all know there was, there was these families started getting born again. You know what they knew when they got born again? Who can tell me? They knew they was going to die. What if you men knew your wives was going to be raped and your children filleted, your children uh, filleted, if you got born again? Would you get born again? I just wonder about that. Probably going to be an opportunity to present itself in this country before long about that. We ain't far from it. We're, we're getting there by the minute. And, you know, uh, you're going to have to stand up. And I, like I said last night, I am not here to qualify you. God does that, not me. I'm not here to judge you in any way. I'm not. I'm here to, to make you think a little bit. But we done thought. And you're just looking at a martyr is what you're looking at. Now, when I go to talking covenant and martyrdom, y'all get real quiet. Because most of you don't even know what those words mean. The church don't know it anymore. But you know the name of the prettiest suit or the nicest shoes and belts and purses and wallets. But you don't know about commitment and martyrdom in Jesus' power. We've got to change our thinking to that of the Bible in Jesus' name. I'm going to tell you all something. This is fun to me. It's going to be a little bit scary to y'all. I enjoy it. I, I don't know what it is about it, but boy, oh boy, when you're, I mean, it, you know, it does scare you. I'm a human that, you know, fear comes and all that, but it doesn't matter what you do with it, I guess. We had a whole bunch of people get saved. I think there were 16 heads of families in this place, and they all got born again, and, and they were, we were promised we was going to be murdered if we didn't quit preaching the gospel here. And that all these people are going to be killed and all their lands confiscated and their crops and their houses and everything they own, animals, everything. So what I did, this is what I do. Now I want you to know that I'm talking about the Holy Ghost and I'm talking about power. But to do that, you've got to fend off the devil. To get power and to have victory, you've got to have a fight. Y'all know that? Y'all all sing and tell me about victory being ours, but where's the fight at? So when people come to you with, with that kind of a testimony, they, they look at you right in the face, they're telling you, I'm going to die. What am I supposed to do? Well, sitting here in this nice facility, it's easy for y'all to shout at me, why you stand for Jesus? Praise the Lord. Well, just come on. Let's go. I'll take you for a ride, and then we'll see if what you got works. What I got does work. That's why you find me a little bit arrogant and toxic to your religious demons. 
Because I'm not afraid. You've determined it must be arrogance. Could be faith. Could be confidence. You just might not be used to it. Boy, you think a lot of yourself. If I did, I'd be dead. I think a lot of Jesus. I think a lot of what he did for me on that cross. And I reckon if he did it, I ought to. And I ought to embrace it the same way he did. Gladly and willfully lay my life down for somebody else. No greater love as any man than he'll lay down his life for his friend. Turn back over here with me to Mark. I'm going to read something to you. This is what I told these people. And I'm going to tell y'all because I want to. I don't know what to say when somebody comes to me and they're going to die. And I know they're going to die because these people kept their word with us quite a few times. And we've lost 12, 12 national pastors and two missionaries. I know they're going to keep their word. They're going to kill us. I've buried my friends. And that makes me more vile against the devil. I'm not afraid to stand here. I have blood on my hands. I have to tell you the truth. I have to. I'm just compelled to. <laughs> Look over here in Mark chapter 8. They came to me and this is what I told them. Verse 34. And when he called the people unto him he, and, and with his disciples also, he said to them, Whoever will come after me, let him deny himself. Take up his cross and follow me. This is what I read to those leaders that came from that work. I didn't, I didn't know what to say to them. Because I knew that whatever I said, they was going to believe it and live on every word of it. Regardless of what I said, whether I used the Bible or not, they would take it as the word of the Lord. And I would have to live the rest of my life with it. So I decided to quote to them what Jesus quoted to his people. So I read this to them. Whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Whosoever will save his life shall lose it. But whosoever shall lose his life for my sake and the gospel's, the same shall save it. For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his soul? For what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Whosoever therefore, it's everybody that's under my voice. Whosoever therefore shall be ashamed of me in my words in this adulterous and sinful generation. Of him also shall the Son of Man be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with his holy angels. So I shut my Bible and shut my mouth. I don't have anything else to say. I was wanting some more fancy verses to come. I was wanting something pretty, something not as drastic. Because I know these people. They believe I am their deliverer. And I am. God raised me up and sent me to them. 
I know it and so do they. And they took that to mean stand in the name of Jesus and die if necessary. And that's exactly what it means. You don't back down, back out, compromise, get along with, put up with devils. You hate the devil. You hate evil. You love Jesus. That's scripture verses if you're not familiar with them. So the day came. Do you understand that time has a way of working things out? You can tell me all kinds of stuff, but time's the one that'll let me know what's real and what's not. I used to work in the oil field for years before I went to the mission field. Geolograph is thing that tested the told how many feet we were digging in the earth. Had a little saying on the side of it. Time will tell. Because it was the two pushers job, our, our boss's job, to change out that report every 12 hours. None of us could touch it. And it marked every little foot we dug. And, it, and if there was a stretch between feet, he wanted to know why that $72,000 an hour machine wasn't running. Time will tell. You can't get away from it. I want you to know there was 200 armed men came. They had pistols, shotguns, and rifles. Some of the rifles were automatic. I hate AK-47. I hate them with a passion. I had them shot at me and my family. They're scary-looking things, actually, when you're on the other end of them. It's amazing how big that bore is when it's pointed at your temple. But you know what? <clears throat> That guy wasn't even a pastor yet. This work was new still, in our opinion, of new. And they, they walked up there, these, this guy did, he has, they carry these scepters, they have these things, he's, a, he's the authority. He walked up there and he had a forty-five in his hand, pistol. Put it right in that guy's front, right there, between his eyes. He said, you will deny Jesus and you'll do it right now. You know what his answer was? Who can tell me what his answer was? Anybody? He said, I will not deny Jesus. I will serve Jesus. I am happy to be born again. That guy walked to the next guy. And he, every man, 16 of them, that were heads of families, told that man the same thing. You know who that man was with the pistol? Our leader's uncle. It's kind of easier on us if we think it's from some other country, some kind of a terrorist or some insurgent or something like that, you know. But this is Kim folks here. And that's going to be one of your biggest problems when you turn on to Jesus. Is your, the Bible says your enemies will be there of your own house. That's what the Bible says. I know y'all not familiar with those kind of verses. I got something really important I believe is going to help us here. I'm working on it. I'm going to try to do two things. And I really wish I had more time, more days. It's my fault, ain't yours. I understand that. You wait your whole life for God to touch you and you get busy and then you wish you could spend more time in place. 
That's the way it is, isn't it? But that man got very furious when all those men told him he was not going to, they were not going to deny Jesus because he just knew they had backed down. I mean, because Christians always do. Problem is, I found some words in my Bible like militant. And that's what I preach and teach our people. You stand for Jesus. And you die for Jesus. That's the end of the statement. Well, he didn't stop there. He stepped to the next line. Anybody tell me who's standing behind those men? They're women. That man, and I don't, boy, I'm sitting there, my, my skin's crawling right now. I don't like this. That man walked right up to them women and put that gun right in their front. You will deny Jesus. To the woman, they stood behind their husband. And they would not deny the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's something. So he didn't go, he didn't stop there. He's really, he's really thinking he's bad. He step behind the women. Who's, who's behind the women? That's exactly right. Every child of age is standing there in these families. There's some little bitty ones that aren't there, but the children of age are standing there. He went to every child with that pistol, with intimidation, ruthless, demonic, fear. Told them, you will deny Jesus or I will kill you. And every child looked him right in the face, very respectful. No, sir, I will not deny Jesus. All of them. He went into a rage, a fit. He just went stupid crazy. Y'all understand that term, right? <laughs> so do I. Backed off over yonder with all them men. He had them, had them lined up right there, 200 across yonder. Apuntate. Now, this is kinfolks now. Fuego. And they started firing. They shot till every shotgun was empty, every magazine empty, every clip, every pistol cylinder was empty of bullets. The smoke, the fire, the noise, the fear. And when he got, when they got through shooting, you listen to me close. Every one of them Christians standing there was still standing there. That scared me so bad when I heard that. I asked that pastor, or he wasn't a pastor yet, he is now. I asked him, I said, What was that like? I said, Because I've only had four or five of them shooting at me. I mean, what's that like having 200 people shooting at you? He said it was like a hailstorm, Brother David. Really? What about the noise? He said it was like being in the thundercloud. 
my goodness. I said, so when all the smoke cleared, and y'all was all still standing there, and y'all was all worshiping God, because I'm really curious about this. What happened? He said, most of them people threw them guns down and ran from us. Now then, you ready for this? All right. That's an awesome miracle, isn't it? Because then suddenly God said, don't shoot them and kill them. I won't allow it. <laughs> suddenly he stopped them. You understand? That's why you got to have the guts to stand in place and in rank for the great Holy Ghost. Because just this could be that might suddenly he might stop him. If he don't, he's better off in here. Ain't that what them three Hebrew boys told him? King, we ain't afraid to talk to you about this matter. He's going to deliver us. But if he don't and our bodies fall, so be it. That makes devils mad. Of them 200 people that shot, there were men, heads of houses, so far, 50 heads of houses, and all their houses are born again. Yeah. Jesus. 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 I'd like for you to hearken to what I'm trying to tell you. I'm trying to tell you the gospel here. I'm trying to tell you about a power that exists that you only dream about. But it's on the planet with us. And it's very healthy and it's very alive. It's not a movie. It's live. <laughs> They're chicken to bring their cameras where we are. Don't you look at verse 15. What was going on down here last night in the prayer line, you can find it in verse 15. For these are not drunk as you suppose. Verse 16. For this is that. I am convinced that I'm in that. I don't know how I made it to it. I don't know how I didn't quit. I don't know why normal circumstances that render other people helpless and shameful and so forth didn't tear me asunder. It's, it's the mercy of God. But I found that that Peter was talking about and Joel prophesied about. We found it. I'd rather believe it found us. We just happened to be there at the right time. And in the right place. This is that. In the last days, I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. Sons and daughters are going to prophesy. That happens in every service where we have church now. 
I don't know if you know anything about Indians. They're very stoic, very reserved. They don't trust you, period. It took me 15 years working with them. And I went to church one night. It's normal. I thought it was going to be a normal church service. Then got there and there was hundreds of Indians there. It was in the afternoon. And they took and brought me and put me in a chair. They undressed me in front of everybody. And then they dressed me in their clothes. They took my Bible out of my fancy American backpack and put it in their hand-woven, palm-woven bag. Changed my name from David Lynn Hogan to Josue Rodrigo Castro de la Cruz. Gave me an Indian name. They made me a Nahuatl Indian. Ceremony took several hours. Hundreds of people came. Wept and wept and cried and told me about miracles and just, just everything you can think of. Tuberculosis, limbs growing out, new eyeballs, new livers, new lungs, new hearts, raised from the dead, blinded eyes, cancers, tumors, everything. Hundreds. It took hours. And they were grateful to let me become part of their nation. But not nearly as grateful as I was. Because I have rights with them now. Isn't that something? Besides getting born again. Besides finding my wife. That's the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. Is the people God sent me to. Believe it in me. <laughs> and now, watching these people that God has transformed us now, from when I used to go to church, I was the only one that was mobile, clapping and everything. They'd all just stand there. Long as I stood, they'd stand, but they wouldn't move. They'd just look at me. And it would be hundreds of them doing that. And it just gets old after a while. Because I'm, you know, all over the place. And they're not. They're just watching. But now the Holy Ghost doesn't come on us. This is that has happened. You ought to see them. Drunkards. God rolls in on us like a wave. We call it a wave. I don't know what you're really supposed to call it. And it hits us like an ocean. Just wipes us out. All of us. Everybody. No matter who you are, how long you've been there, it don't make no difference. God's been there longer. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Verse 21, 22. You men of Israel, hear these words. You men and women of Oak Grove, Arkansas, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God. He's among us. And he's wanting to do miracles and signs and wonders. Which God did by him in the midst of you, as you yourselves also know. Jump back with me. Let's go look at this Joel thing. I'm not the best preacher on this subject. I, I don't claim, plan, plan, claim to be a plan to make, lead you on. I'm not trying to. There's a few phrases over here in Joel chapter 2 I want you to look at. 
God's wanting to do something with us. But you're holding his hands and won't let him do nothing. This slap dab amazes me how people think they're more powerful than God is. How they know more than God does. Joel 2.28 talks about the prophecy coming. It shall come to pass that I will pour out my spirit. That's what happened on Acts chapter 2, you understand? He poured his spirit out on it. On the planet, that's where it comes. To all of us. Every one of us can have it. Suddenly it can happen to every household. If you let it. It was prophesied here, happened over yonder. You know, there's times you got to make decisions. I went out to a village one night. I'm on fire for Jesus. They said, we got to go pray for a lady that's dying. I said, that's fine, let's go. We hiked across the river, went up the mountain. I walk in this hut. There's a woman laying there. Completely nude. There's no way to put clothes on her. She is just... Her her limbs are curled around like a pretzel stuck by, up, up on, her, on her back. It's called spinal meningitis. If any of y'all understand what that is. Acute spinal meningitis is a, it's a demon. I'm looking at that. I've never seen nothing like it in my life. That lady's head was touched... The back of her head was touching her back. She was an awesomely funny looking thing. And I'm looking, I'd never seen it. I didn't know what in the world it was. They said, well, this is the devil. Come on, my, our, our, my wife and I want you to heal her. And I looked at that man. I said, you born again? He said, no, sir, I'm not born again. I said, we're going to fix that first. He said, I'll do anything. I said, I know you will. That's why we're going to do it first. So he and the people in that room got born again. Me and them pastors led them to Jesus and went about our business. Well, next thing you know, it got time I walked over and that woman, she was delirious. She, does anybody know what that spinal meningitis do for you? Anybody here? Lift your hands up if you do. Let me see. Anybody? You were very, well, there's a couple people up there. That's good. Uh, okay. Stuff's bad news. It makes you delirious. You go away. Definitely a devil. Well, I'm trying to talk to her. Well, she can't. You can't talk to her. She's 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 saying funny stuff. But see, Jesus is willing to pour out His Spirit. Look, look at verse thirty. And I will show signs, show wonders in the heavens, in the earth, and blood and fire, and so forth. A great and terrible day of the Lord. Look, look at verse 16. Gather the people. Sanctify the congregation. You know, that's what we're trying to do here. You realize that? <laughs> we're trying to do right and get God to come into place. I'm reading out of the Amplified now. It says, gather the people. Sanctify the congregation, the assembly, and the elders. And the, this is in verse 16. Verse 17, let the priests, the ministers of the Lord, weep between the porch and the altar. I'm telling you, it's time for us as leaders. You leaders, I saw several of y'all stand up. 
Arrogance is a demon. I don't care what you did ten years ago. What are you doing now? That's what counts is the now word. Is getting God to come suddenly on us. We got to learn how to repent and put on sackcloth and ashes. We got to learn how to get in the ephod. Y'all understand what that is? It's a linen cloth wrapped around us. To worship Jesus. Let the priests and ministers of the Lord weep between the ports and have pity and spare your people, O Lord, and give not your heritage to, to reproach. We're going to ask God tonight to take reproach away. And we're going to ask Him to come on us suddenly. That's what we're going to do. That's what we're going to end up doing in a minute. Because I know that several of y'all got reproach on you. I can feel it. It's, I know it. And I want to help get rid of that devil. I can. <laughs> Spent too much time in the cloud now. My hair doesn't turn white on. I want you to look at the... Uh, see, what we don't want. We don't want our neighbors and the enemy of our God hollering out, Where's your God now? See, many of you in here have got that going on in your lives, you know. That's a bad feeling. We're going to deal with that. It's going. It's got to go. Got to go. I'll tell you where he's at. He's right here. Because this is that suddenly he's going to hit us. Verse 18. Then was the Lord jealous for his land and had pity on his people. We're going to ask for that. Yes, the Lord answered. Said to his people, Behold, I am sending you grain and juice, oil, and you shall be satisfied, and I will no more make you a reproach amongst the heathen. It is the will of God for us to be the head and not the tail. All y'all can quote all these scriptures to me. I understand you can, but you're just not there, are you? And it's because of some decisions you personally have made, probably, that have been bad ones, and you're living with reproach. Or somebody else around you made a bad decision. And you chose to buy into the reproach. Well, we're going to deal with that also. <laughs> There's help up here called the Holy Ghost. Not from the hand of a man, it's from the hand of the Lord. It's not by might, not by power, but it's by the Spirit, says the Lord. And I fully well intend on y'all understanding that before I leave here. Look down at the end of verse 20. I'm going to amplify it again. He has done great things. The Lord will have destroyed the invader. Do you understand that when the enemy comes and rips you off, it's an invasion on you? Doesn't matter if it's your finances, if it's your, your mind, your mental prowess. Does it make any difference if it's your, your mate, your family, your, your spouse, your children, your job, your truck? Even if you do drive a Chevrolet, it's still an invasion. <laughs> I 
It's an invasion. The invader must be destroyed. But you see, you feel like because of those bad decisions you made, you have to live with it. And you learn how to put up with it, you little pity party self. And you learn how to live in that atmosphere with the invader. That is not the will of God for any of us. Man, you, you don't have no problems? You don't want to hear mine? That make you sound like nothing. Have big ones. Lots of them, Lord. Here's my opinion of them. That's my opinion. Honestly. We're going to work on killing some devils. Y'all ain't used that term either. But the Bible says God's going to destroy the invader. What do you do in destruction? You slaughter. We've got to get the devil out. All right? Look here at verse 21. I think it's one of the greatest verses in the Bible. Fear not, land. Be glad and rejoice. For the Lord has done great things. All around you, there's great things going on. But you've learned how to live with the invader. You've learned how to put up with it, compromise it. You've learned how to act like you're a conqueror. And you're not. But you sure do act like one. But all I got to do is not condemn you, fuss at you. All I got to do is just watch. And if you are a conqueror, time will fix that. More than a conqueror is what you are. But if you are if you have learned to compromise, all I got to do is look. I ain't got to say nothing. Keep my mouth shut. What? Time will fix that too. I'll know that I'm right. Twenty-two. Be not afraid, you wild beasts of the field, for the pastures of the wilderness have sprung up and are green. I want to tell you something. It ain't like it looks. There's something to eat. That devil done lied to you and told you everything brown like Texas. But I'm going to tell you right now, it ain't. God says to His people, it sprung up again. He's ready for you to go to eating again, be healthy. He's ready for revival to take over this country. I'm telling you, it's the will of God. That lady, I walked over that naked lady. Oh, I was uncomfortable. I walked right over yonder. Now you be healed in the name of Jesus. Y'all should have been there. All I can tell you is, I was as scared as everybody else was in that place. Goes directly in that woman's arm started moving from her off her back back there and just went straight. And her legs uncurled from off her back and went straight. 
And she stood right straight up. And they gave her a blanket. And she looked me in the face and said, Thank you very much, my son, David. I looked her right back and said, Ashleno, don't think nothing of it. You don't know why she got healed? Because the pasture's green. It ain't dirt. You ain't got to eat the bugs. They shoot the grass out under what's going to make you healthy when you chow down on it. That Holy Ghost is ready. He got that double whopper Holy Ghost burger ready. <laughs> See, there's something you got to understand. When that prophet prophesied this it came to pass over yonder in Acts chapter 2 do you understand the grass started growing then show me where it stopped come on you theologians come on get your computers out let's go for it What's it say? It didn't stop. It ain't going to stop until he splits the eastern sky. And it ain't going to do nothing but get better. not afraid you wild beasts of the field. That's me. That's all right. I can live with that. For the pastures of the wilderness have sprung up and they're green. The fruit trees bear fruit. The fig tree, the, the vine yield what? What? What do they yield? They yield their full strength. Amplify it again. Listen. You've been duped. You've been deceived. Into believing that the little bitty bit you got is enough. It is not the will of God for you. We've got to walk boldly to the throne of grace. We've got to look our Father God right in the face and say, Man, I've been got invaders all over me. He's going to say, Thump, 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 now have something to eat. That lady was healed of that acute spinal meningitis. I was so happy. I went back across that river. Man, I preached the gospel. I jumped and I shouted and I ran and I raged. Just a little bit worse than I'm doing right now. And I went up that hill, got on that Honda motorcycle 600XR. I lit that thing up, son. I don't even remember the ride home. Man, I was on fire. Man, I was burning. I went through that gate. I didn't even give him that boy the other time to come out there and open it for me. I just went straight on through the front door. Wow! right into the house. My wife done moved all the furniture a long time ago because she's used to that thing coming in here and doing a donut. <laughs> Wives get used to you after a while. Yeah. <laughs> you know the most common question asked my wife, how do you put up with him? You know what she says? He's normal to me. You the one's wrong. 
I went in yonder, slid that thing around. I was jumping and shouting, oh, boy, oh, boy, Miss Hogan. Oh, my God, my God, my God. Two o'clock at night, she bumps me. Boom. What is it, the devil? What is it? Help me, David. That thing done followed me to the house. By daylight, my wife looked exactly like that woman out here in that village. Now then, y'all tell me that these diseases are not spirits. I tell you, you're foolish. You don't have any concept of nothing talking to me like that. They're devils from hell. Now, you don't have to believe me. I, I already know you're not. I don't care. Because the invader has duped you and you believe him. Well, I don't. And he ain't having my wife in Jesus' name. Same way you came in, you can leave. Except wounded. In the name of Jesus. I started praying for her, and I was so tired from all the working, and uh, 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 boom, boom, she'd wake me up. This went on for hours, all night, the rest of the night, all day. Now it's the shadows, and I'm staring with her, I'm staring with her. That woman's so, she's, I'm taking alcohol and water, mixing it all up, just to keep her cooled off. She's so hot. There was nowhere to carry her. People think I'm thoughtless. That's a bad mistake. Don't mess with my wife. You ain't got nothing to say to her. Good nor bad. Keep your mouth shut. And so, yeah, that's not my opinion. That's life. But you better believe it. And so, uh, uh, I'm sitting there because I love this lady. I mean, man, she, man, she's the only one who knows how to put me back together. She puts me all back together. I get all beat up by the devil out there. And she comes there and patches me all up. And I, she does all right, job. And, uh, I, I got to have her handy. <laughs> I need her. <laughs> and so, but it's devil. He done got mad at us. And so, uh, all of a sudden, I looked at the clock. Oh, I got to go. All right. Now then, decision time. I've been preaching to you about not being afraid. The vine is at full strength. God is never short-handed. God is never overworked. God is never understaffed. God is never out of power. God never has a shortage. Them invaders that come, won't you, won't you believe it, 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 it? All that is true, but it ain't. Well, I got up, put, put my, my hiking clothes on and started getting my backpack ready. My wife, I don't know where she went, but she came back. She snuck up on me. I mean, her neck is twisted. Oh, she looked horrible. God, I hate it. She's begging me. Don't you go out there to mention I need you. Whoa. That's not a fun, fair thing. Because I love that lady. I'm already dead as far as she's concerned. You can count on that, bro. <laughs> Quick. <laughs> I just kept getting ready. 
Put my flashlight, a little flashlight holder, put my flashlight down in yonder. Put my riding boots on. She's begging me. Boom, she flipped off. She went away. I said, oh, thank you, God. I'm finna go. I'm out yonder. I'm finna light up that motorcycle. I hear in yonder screaming. I went running in there. She said, don't you know I'm gonna die? <laughs> and I knew she was. I said, yep, I do know that. She said, well, how can you? I said, let me show you. And I reached and got my backpack and left. Now then, there's quite a bit of anger lit up in some of y'all when I started talking all this. And that's the right thing. I love my wife. I love my Jesus more. I started out with her. He started out with me from the beginning. She's patched me up. He healed me from hell. <laughs> she asked me not to go because she was important just like an Indian was. And that's exactly a true statement. Problem was, he asked me to go. I had to go. I wasn't very happy about that. So y'all believe you got to be always this bubbly, flighty twit. I don't believe that. I believe I'm a human and I've got emotions and that they come to play on me sometimes. And, and, and things around me bear on me and hurt me and offend me and it's invaders in my house and he's lying to me right through my wife now. That's what I believe. And I'm on that 600 and I'm angry. That poor little old 600 took abuse a little bit. I got to that service. I done a few donuts wheeling around in the town. Come set it down finally. And I was angry. I wasn't very polite to anybody. But I did my job correctly. I did the, the customs correctly, the traditions correctly. I preached the Word of God correctly. And I did what I was supposed to do. And when I lift that motorcycle back up, that demon said, You fool. I have killed your wife and it's your fault. Now, part of the world I come from, people don't take kindly to you not taking care of your family. Especially kin folks. They're going to pay you back no matter how long it takes. Fine with me. So my big brother told me it was all right, so I reckon I'm going to be okay. No matter what it costs me. I'm willing to pay to obey. Do you understand me again? I'm giving you some pretty serious statements on it. <laughs> Yes, sir, but without it, you're not going to be successful. But with it, there ain't nothing you can't do. But God puts you in some kind of a power bubble, and can't nobody mess with you much. Nothing can touch you. They come, they invade, they try, but they can't take you out. Because eventually, I win every time. In the name of Jesus. Boy, I was angry, y'all. Just, I mean, from last night being on top of the world to now I'm the scum of the planet. Because the devil done told me all the way home, he beat me. I mean, beat me. I was, uh, I even, uh, here again, I don't remember the trip home. But I remember busting through that door on that, on that back tire, that front tire, hit it pretty hard. Actually, I broke it. When I got off that motorcycle, I'm mad, I'm sweating, I'm... I'm looking for my wife, and 
I can't find nobody. My kids ain't around. Uh, we have some secretaries and people around. There ain't nobody available. So I'm walking through there. I ain't took my gloves off. Nothing. I just walked over to my, my bedroom door and kicked that thing open and walked in there. <laughs> and my wife said, she was eating. She pointed her finger at me and said, thank you for obeying God. <laughs> honestly honestly I don't care if you want to bury your people and not believe what I'm telling you I don't care go for it knock yourself out but I like it riding home when the demons done got a hold of my family and invaded my house and I come walking up in there and they all saying thank you for obeying the Holy Ghost cause I'm healed I kind of like that She said, you weren't even gone 20 minutes. Now, you got to understand. I wasn't 20 minutes gone, and God walked in there and touched her and healed her. You understand that? You all right? Now, I'm tormented by the demon all the way, and all these hours, I'm still tormented until I get home and I see it. God, I'm sure God tried to get through to me, but I, the invader was who I was listening to. Mercy. Abound. Do not be afraid of the invader. Fear God. Let Him come on you. Let Him suddenly take you over. He wants to eat. <laughs> he causes to come down the rain, the former and the latter, in verse 23, 24. Threshing floors full of grain. It overflows with juice and grapes and oil. I want you to know my vats are full. I'm a happy man. It's so much fun to beat the devil at his own game. It's fun to win. Jesus. There's this pastor friend of mine came down I don't know, one of our conferences a while back. I was up here on the platform and I, we had this huge building, big old wide thing. And it's open, big, nice place where we worship God, bringing a few hundred in, a few thousand at a time. We just worship Jesus. We don't do conferences like y'all. Just different. We just line bands up, let them play till they get tired, waiting on God to show up, and He comes. Sometimes it takes a whole day, 8, 10, 12, 14 hours. That don't matter. It don't matter. We're there for Him to come. Ain't much preaching goes on. It's not what we're there for. We're there for, for the touch of heaven. Well, this preacher, he, I invited him from, he's from South Florida over there, and he came around, flew over, and flew down there to where we are. He came up. And I want you to look at this here, verse 25. I will restore or replace. For you, the years that the locust has eaten. The hopping locust, the, the stripping locust, the crawling locust, my great armor which I sent. See, let me tell you all something. Everybody said, God sent God sends stuff. And if you take it, that's your problem. I'm telling you, it's the will of God to 
cash in on getting rid of them invaders. For all of us. As soon as that guy stepped out of that truck, I didn't know who, I knew his appearance, but I didn't know his spirit. He wasn't the same fellow. I knew him as a, one of us. Nut. Hate the devil, love Jesus. One of them kind of people. But what I saw was shoulders drooping, head down, walking toward me like this. All I'm standing up there, I'm doing this right here. It ain't happening today. I don't have any idea what the problem is. I have no idea. Stepped off that platform, went down there to him, went and got him, just held on to him. He's weeping and weeping and weeping. His littlest, his littlest son, he's 11 years old. Melanoma. Wildfire death. He's going to die. Don't kill him. He said, Brother David. Said, yes, sir. Reckon you can help me? I said, Yes, sir. I can help you. Come with me, my brother. Carried him over there, <laughs> around that platform. Pulled me some elders together, about 200 of them. Come over here, we got ourselves a job. Well, that great Holy Ghost decided to come down yonder on top of us. Hit us like a spinning top. Knocked us all down. Got us. Knocked this man out. He was useless for three days. He couldn't even walk, couldn't eat, couldn't do nothing. God was on him. He was gone. I think it was three days. It might have been four. I think it was three. He was out. While he was down there that last day, the Holy Ghost spoke something to him. He said, get up a handful of that dirt. Now, we have a concrete floor, but you got all these Indians. I think there were four or five hundred Indians up in there, maybe about, about four or five hundred, yeah. And they was all dancing, and they got their little old sandals on. They wear them leather sandals with them rubber tire shoes, or soles on. And they all come in, they track in the mud, you see. And they dance it up down. Well, in a minute, they, the mud turns dirt, and then it turns to dust. You reach and got them a handful of that dirt and put it in a Ziploc. God told him to bring that home because it represented all them hundreds and hundreds of churches and the anointing of God in every one of them. As far as we see, we could just see a little handful of dirt. That's all we saw. But see, that ain't what you look at. You look at obedience. You look at what God tells you to do. That's what you do. So that great Holy Ghost hit that hit that fellow and it was good and all that. Well, he got back on a jet, carried his little, little, little piece of dirt home with him. Went down to the store, bought him some olive oil, four quarts. <laughs> Took and poured some of it out of each one of them and put that dirt down in that olive oil. Little, little bit of dirt, just a little bit. Mixed it all up. Now he's got dirty olive oil. But he had told him on the radio. He went down and put it on the radio. I'm going to show you all the power of God. My son's dying with melanoma. God's going to heal it. Now, that's kind of a bold statement. But see, the grass is green. So might as well eat while it's green. It ain't dry and it ain't time to be thirsty and hungry. It's time to be full. It's time to have full strength. So that's what the Bible says. It'll say it in the morning. It'll say it tomorrow evening. 
It's going to keep on saying it till that eastern sky gets busted open. And then it's going to get better. Y'all understand me? All right. He took that all because what happened was people with cancer came to his church. In the beds. They had them lined up in beds. So he done put it on the radio. There's going to be healing for cancer. He took that olive oil, that old dirty oil. He went down in beds. Put it all over them people. There's five of them. Before church was over, all five of them were healed. Jesus. His son came down a few months later to our work. I just held him. I just held him. Thanking God that the invader was destroyed out of our house. And that Jesus is still King and Lord. You understand yet? Y'all catching on yet? Because it's time to quit. Lusty mother minty. And it says right here, the full grain, full of grain, verse 24. I will restore and replace for you the years of the locusts. Look at verse 26. You shall eat it in plenty and be satisfied. I don't know very many satisfied people. Y'all are looking at one. I'm happy, fellow. I honestly am looking for more of God, but I am a satisfied man. I feel good about what I'm doing and about what God's doing. He's moving. You got to understand what it's like to walk into a place where you got hundreds of people that are from different religious backgrounds and, and there's some dead people laying there and you walk over and you touch them and they get up from the dead and these people get born again. You should see that. It makes you like I am. Changes you to see the hand of God. Jesus. You should have been in service with us here. There was this lady come up there with Crohn's disease. She was dying. She had no hope. She was gray already. She was going to die. They'd already taken a few organs out of her body and put some little machines in there. And she said, help me. I can do that. I can do that. God has called me to help people. And not worry about my own self. Just help them. Laid my hands on her. She flew like a kite in a windstorm. Boom! She got up. She was hurting just like she was when she stayed down there. But see, a couple of days later, she started cramping real bad. You ladies understand what I'm trying to tell you, right? She's cramping real bad. And they rushed her to the emergency room because that was the last part of what's going to happen before she died. They was all filled in. They rushed her to the hospital. They get there. Man, that doctor team was called in and everything. I reckon that the head doctor, that lead doctor, he comes out there and he got hold of that family. He said, I don't you tell me where his lady's been. What's the matter with y'all? What, y'all trying to make them? What is this joke? What are y'all doing? They said, we ain't doing nothing. Where this lady been? She ain't been anywhere. She just went to church, man. Oh, he huffed off. He was mad. Problem was, the reason she's cramping is because God had recreated both them organs. And them, them machines was hurting that lady in there. Jesus. 
Jesus. See, I like it. Boy, I got the Holy Ghost on me. I like that feeling. You like, you feel it? Y'all feel it or not? I can. Man, oh man, oh man. Anyway, she was healed of Crohn's disease. There was a guy who got, what got pistol whipped and shot. I'm fixing to quit, but I just got to take a couple more. He suffered three years in a wheelchair. Uncurable, never get restored, no possible way. Part of his brain is shot out and so forth. It's an amazing miracle that he's even alive in the first place. Three years he suffered that way. He was sitting over there the first night. He was sitting over on this side over here. I went over there and prayed for him. Nothing happened. They brought him back the next night. Nothing happened. Third night, that was my third round around. I was going around the building. People was getting stuck to the wall. I was having so much fun. We call this wall the healing wall. And this wall the spirit wall. And the healing wall, people were stuck to it. They couldn't nobody else stick to it. And the same thing was on this side. I don't know why sheetrock was magnetic to human flesh. I don't know why that uh, God. See, here's the problem. I want to show you all here in verse 26. It says, You shall eat plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God. You sh- who has dealt wondrously with you, my people shall never be put to shame. Shame is eating you alive. Reproach has got a hold on you. Invaders have taken over the territory. We're tired of it. I'm not kidding you. I'm so tired of people being hurt. That's why I'm so aggressive. I'm not kidding you. Because I run through them. I run through them devils. I hate them and I like to slaughter them. It's fun to me. It's fun to me to watch them get mad at me and raise up and scream and holler at me and stuff. I like it. Oh, I like it. If I can't get a devil mad enough to holler at me, I ain't done my job. I got to get them going because they're on their way out the door and they know it so they're just doing that last final kick like they did with Jesus all them times. Verse 27, you shall know, understand, and realize. That's the problem. You don't know, you don't understand, and you do not realize. We got to change that. Open your mind, your spirit, and let the knowledge of God come on you. You got to know Jesus is alive. So I'm going to tell you that third night I walked over yonder. Well, he brought me that boy up there. Laid my hands upside his head. Nothing. Went on down yonder because I went on that healing wall over there watching people. Because people come out with them pretty dresses and fancy hair. Dude. <laughs> I, I was having so much fun. I just was standing there and laughing at him. They couldn't do a thing about it. Just look at me. Because most of them weren't knocked out. They was just as, as alert, but they couldn't move. And I, I thought that was just wonderful. Because we start messing with y'all's paradigm where you live a little bit, y'all's comfort zones, you get a little bit nervous. Y'all know that? I know you Americans how you are. It ain't my fault Jesus does that stuff. Jesus, I'm going to quit. Because we're taking away the shame. In the name of Jesus. Hermano Jose, Chipano. Come did you know that, I think it was the third time around, I was so wobbly I couldn't stand up no more. I got knocked down on the stairs. And I was just sitting there, now it's time for everybody else to laugh because I'm stuck. 
I'm not kidding. I, I fell down and I got stuck just like I sprawled out. It was the wildest mess. Well, they brought that wheelchair fella up in there and got my boots tangled up in his thing, in his wheelchair. I didn't appreciate that, but there's nothing I can do about it. I'm just all tangled up with this guy. And I'm down, I can't say much because I'm really out of it. I'm just looking at him. Well, in a minute, I saw him get up, but it didn't even register on me what was going on. He just got up and left. See? Here I am, tangled up in a wheelchair. And he leaves me. After a while, he come over here and sit down by me. He said, I want to tell you thank you. And I'm looking at him. I'm stuck. I can't do nothing. He said, thank you very much for the gospel. He said, I'm so tired of that wheelchair. He said, I'm out of it now. He said, I'll see you. He took his wheelchair and left. <laughs> Three years, nine millimeter inside of the head, Jesus healed him. That's right. It's not possible, see? Well, I told you. Because you just got to know. And I got to tell you. The reproach has to be removed. The realization that Jesus is really King and Lord has got to be understood and the knowledge has got to come. You got to let it in. Don't repel it. It may not be like you're used to. That's not what's what important. What's important is Jesus. What's important is you getting the shame off you. And it's you understand that the, the fields are full and you can eat and enjoy yourself because God's in, in control. Stand up and let's pray, please. Jesus. One of the funniest things I've done lately, that little old lady over yonder in California, I was praying, I was in Sacramento, I was praying, that lady would not pay attention. Bless her heart, I was mad at her. Because she wouldn't pay attention. And she just, just absolutely just dull. She just dull. She's sitting in a wheelchair, dull. I mean, there wasn't nothing could, she could do about it. She could at least been a little bit more lively about it. You know, they, she's in a wheelchair and, they, you know, people brought her there. I mean, she, she didn't want to come, but I mean, that's, that don't matter. She didn't have to be mad at me over it. Well, I decided I was going to get her. Well, I was watching her. Prayer line got really congested. I started working my way. I told my wife, follow me. We worked our way through and went to the back back in where that wheelchair was. Well, I tangled my feet up in that thing where she couldn't run off. <laughs> and I bent down and I got a hold of her. She could, she, that lady, I mean, she's looking me right in the face. She won't answer me. And I'm thinking, I wonder what's the matter with you. Boy, you got a bad one. That wasn't what was wrong with her. All of a sudden, I talked Spanish to my wife. The lady couldn't understand English. That's one thing. And when I spoke Spanish to my wife, she responded and leaped up there and grabbed me and jerked me down on top of her. Wham! 
and started talking to me in Spanish, so I was talking right back to her. She was just hugging on me and kissing me, and everything was cool now. Because she could understand what's going on. And I started patting her, let me go now, let me go now. You got to let me go now. That's the way it's got to be. You got to let me go now. Miss <laughs> Hogan, peel her off me right now. So we finally got her off of me. Nothing happened. And I still don't, I didn't know what, I, didn't, I had no idea what was wrong with her. But I was happy at least she was paying attention because every now and then I'd holler out something in Spanish and she'd shout back at me. That was good. So I went on, prayed, got through, I did all I could do. They carried me back there to the pastor's office. I was sitting down in there. You know, I'm leaned up against a chair, you know, about fall on the floor. That preacher says, now this is what you got to do. One more thing before we leave. I just looked at him. I'm fixing to fall on the ground, and it don't make me do if you carry me out of here or not. I don't care. I prefer to try to make it to my truck before I pass out because I'm a heavy boy. Well, he had all his elders and everybody come in there, and we laid hands on him. And I, I got up and just, Jesus' name. Well, it wasn't my fault. Holy Ghost decided it was time to hit us suddenly. He took every one of them elders and threw them up against them bookshelves. That pastor's office looked like a bomb went off in it. There was books and shelves everywhere, all top of people. I mean, it was a mess. Well, he didn't stop there. He went straight through the wall and went out in the congregation. Woof! Well, then they went wild out there. You, you hear this uproar and screaming and carrying on, and I'm going, Miss Hogan, get me out of here. It's all starting up again. I'm not going to make it if we don't move now. So she gets me up, and one of them elders is up now, and we're moving out to the car. Whoa, 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 here comes somebody running in there. Oh, no. I mean, this is quite a problem to have, isn't it? Y'all know why that place was going wacko in there? That lady in that wheelchair, I had no idea. Nineteen years blind, got healed. Nineteen years, crippling arthritis, rheumatoid arthritis, had her in that chair. She stood up and started running and seeing it in that chair. Yeah. Yes, sir. <laughs> Jesus. Can you worship Jesus with me, please? Come on, great Holy Ghost. Come on, great Holy Ghost. Thank you in Jesus' name, Holy Ghost. Come on, great Holy Ghost. Ms. Loretta, would you please do something about that piano? It's quiet. In Jesus' name, great Holy Ghost, we need you.